Join From Beer to the Bible every week as Irvin Lee and co-host Sarah Oliveira McDonald warn others of the consequences of drug and alcohol addiction by being the voice of faith-based recovery. Every week, Irvin and Sarah help people get access to the treatment and counseling they so desperately need. They explore the depths of addiction and give practical life examples of how to recover and develop a new rhythm of living. The show is gritty, authentic, and simply raw while being rooted in the love, faith, and hope of God. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. Welcome. I'm your host, Irvin Lee of From Beer to the Bible. I got my co-host, Sarah, with me. Hi, guys. Hey, Sarah. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Awesome. Well, guys, you can like us, follow us, and you can donate at hamptonministries.org. You can also download the podcast at FromBeerToTheBible.com. Sarah, let's get right into it today. Today's topic is God can speak through sin. God can speak through sin. And we want to anchor ourselves in a scripture today. So I'm going to let Sarah take it away and read a scripture for us. Genesis 50, verse 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Wow. What a, uh, to me, it aligns with our subject today because both of us having been in addiction and having experienced the grace and recovery in Christ Jesus, we can look at our addiction and say that our enemy meant it for harm and ultimately to destroy us, but God meant it for good. And Absolutely. now we have this ministry where we can help those who are suffering from addiction. And I wanted to start by asking you, when was it that you recall God speaking to you despite being in addiction and perhaps being in a, a sinful position? There's so much I wanna say on that, but um, looking back, God was speaking through through me the whole time. I mean, first mm -hmm. and foremost, I'm still here today because yeah. I should not be. Yeah. I have done many things in my addiction and in my alcoholism that um, could could have destroyed me and I wouldn't be here to, today. And yeah. so knowing um, where he brought me, where he has taken me and where I could have been is, mm -hmm. is the most important thing is that I'm here today to speak to you guys. Um, and that's that's kind of the most important thing when he really, really spoke to me and I knew my mission yeah. um, was when I met Christ again in treatment. Mm -hmm. um, there was a point in treatment that I had a spiritual experience yeah. where I knew exactly why he had taken me through all of that turmoil, all mm -hmm. of that darkness, all mm -hmm. of that misery. Yeah. And then suddenly he appeared to me um, in deep meditation and mm -hmm. i just knew that everything was going to be okay that's good i knew that he brought me to that point to do something yeah. i didn't know what it was going to be yet right. but i knew that it was going to be something big yeah that you know it's interesting you say you always felt like you knew him and you knew that he was speaking to you and i recall even as a youngster as I would get into what I'm gonna call bad behaviors, I would always hear the voice of the Lord saying to me and hearing the Holy Spirit convicting me. And as I got older, 
and I started to drink and I started to to become worldly as and, and pick up the habits of the world. I remember out there drinking, partying, you know, doing the things that we do when we're young. But then at a point, I wasn't really enjoying them. And I couldn't, I'm looking at everybody else in the club and in the bars and the places and my friends and I'm saying, what is wrong here? Why can't I have fun? And a part of the solution comes along is, okay, when I have this drink, I seem to be having more fun, but as soon as that drink would start to wear off, I'm, I'm being convicted by the Holy Spirit again. So I got to keep this cycle going of to be able to enjoy the sin that I was partaking in, I needed to drink. And as that progression continued to happen, I started to realize that I'd go to the clubs, I'd go to the bars, I'd do what everyone else was doing. But the fun part of it was elusive to me. And I kept hearing that little voice like, you know, you really shouldn't be here. You know, yeah. you're really not having a hard time. But it's we we go along so many times in the world to get along. Right. And I, I just struggle with like, how do I remove myself from this situation? Continue to have my same friends yep. and knowing that they're going to look at me different because I wasn't having fun and the only way I could have fun was really just to drink myself through those situations. And that became kind of my coping mechanism when I went out. And you know this, the more you drink, the more you gotta drink and the worse you behave and the behaviors and the things continue to get worse. And I don't know if the Lord ever said this to you. I remember him saying to me, if you don't get this under control, I'm not going to allow you to drink anymore. And I remember that Whoa. warning like about two years before, because I, I started to have incidents. I'd, you know, maybe be late to work. Yeah. I didn't get home on time. They're just the stuff that starts to happen when you begin your descent into the pit of uh, addiction. And I remember him saying, I'm, I'm going to take it away. And, and it's been a pattern in my life where I fall into such sinful behavior, then the Lord allows it to be taken away. And, but I, I just didn't, I didn't know how to pull up. I heard him. Yeah. Um, and I believed that he was going to do what he said he was going to do, but I just didn't know how to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing for me. Um, mine was a little bit different because I never felt any shame or guilt when it first started you know yeah. it was i was going out i was drinking it was part of my job mm -hmm. um it was part of the social scene it was part of my culture and it was part of my family so yeah. we just did it all the time yeah. and it wasn't until you know that slow progression where it wasn't making me happy anymore yeah. and i wasn't having fun like you said mm -hmm. that i started kind of like contemplating um is is this for me? Is this not for me? Yeah. Like what is going on? Yeah. Um, and the guilt and the shame of the Holy Spirit and the conviction oh, man. made me drink more. Yeah, it, it did because, and, and we often, we're taught in churches and you read and they, they tell you that the Holy Spirit, as you hear him, he doesn't yell. He's the still small voice, which is even worse. Yeah, right. So you're hearing the voice and the voice is convicting you, but there's comfort with it, right? He was always convicting me of it and, but he was comforting me yeah. with it. But what happened was I knew that the Lord was my savior, but trying to recognize him as Lord 
was a part of the reason I stayed in my addiction so long was, okay, I really want to run my life, but I want to stop drinking. But I knew that I needed to surrender my life to the Lord so he could be not only my savior, but to be my Lord and understanding that process, right? And God knew that he had to take me through a process of, he had to like break me down. Oh, absolutely. Because when you're in your addiction, you're, you're, I'm going to say it this way, you're hard-headed, you're stiff-necked, and you're stubborn, Yep. right? <laughs> That's a bad combination when you try to get sober. So, so as he broke me down, by the time I, I did get to a point of, okay, Lord, I surrender, then it became, how do I, how do I deal with all of this, right? How do I, how do I reconcile this with you, Lord, because the whole time, like you said, and we both experience, and this is what we need our audience and people out there who are drinking perhaps too much and feeling like they're falling into addiction, is that God never leaves you and he never yeah. forsakes you. And that voice that you hear that's convicting, not condemning, but just convicting, but also comforting you, that's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And it takes so much courage to to listen and more importantly, to surrender and submit to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, What I was saying earlier about the Holy Spirit is always with you, always with you. And I don't know if people understand that the way the way it's supposed to be understood. I mean, we talk about the Trinity, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't until I went through all of these experiences that I understood who and what the Holy Spirit was yeah. and where it dwells and what it means to me. And it's so much more powerful today. Yes. It gives me chill bumps knowing that that dwelling is inside of me um, every single day. But at the time where I was deeply in my addiction um, and I was drinking every day, the Holy Spirit was trying to talk to me. <laughs> yes, And yes. I was making it quiet by drinking more and more and more. And then the shame and the guilt of doing that made me drink more and more and more. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was just drowning myself in alcohol so I would not hear those voices. So Mm -hmm. I would not hear right from wrong. So I was just numb to all of it. Um, The world, the spirit, everything. And Mm -hmm. it's it, it, it actually, it's kind of, it hurts my heart a little bit to know that I was doing that, yeah. but, um, but I know that I know exactly why he was doing it. Yeah. It was for me to have that aha moment, that beautiful spiritual experience, yeah. um, where I could feel it wholeheartedly in every, every inch of my body that he was present. He was here. He was mm-hmm. going to walk me through, uh, recovery and sobriety and that everything was going to be okay. Yeah. And I, the, the thing I remember most about the, the Holy Spirit was him saying to me that there was nothing for me to earn or nothing for me to do to rest in him and that he was going to lead God and counsel me through the process of recovery. And, and as I'm, I'm hearing that, and again, we talk about love because you and I both know you've you've done all this stuff we we've got the sin we've got the shame we've got the collateral damage of our family and then at the end of the day we've lost our confidence and a lot of our hope 
in some of our faith. So the Holy Spirit has to do what he does, which is he's called our helper. He's called our comforter. He's our guide. He's our counselor. More importantly, he intercedes with the Father, praying the prayers that we don't know how to pray, right? And I had not engaged him in so long and, and learning to trust the word of God and God's promises, right? And then learning to to rest and live my life daily in the Holy Spirit, right? Which is still a challenge because yeah. our innately, us who've suffered addiction, we kind of want to control the stuff, right? We want to kind of control it, we want to manipulate it. Yeah. And and we like we like to be in control. Well, if you're gonna serve the Lord, our God, then you can't be in control. You gotta see that control. And to me, one of the keys to getting and being and staying sober was surrendering my life saying here lord god on a daily basis what's my assignment what's my goal what's my purpose and what can i do for the kingdom of god so so talk about that in in how you deal with that in your life well um i want to say first that the first thing that my father gave me when i was in treatment was the life recovery bible and mm. if anybody wants to pick up a copy of that bible please go and do so it's yes. on amazon um, it is basically the 12 steps in the Bible and it just breaks it down so easily and simplistically. Mm -hmm. And that's what I needed when I first got sober. I needed things to be super simple because yeah. I am very analytical and this book would have intimidated me. Yeah. I wouldn't have felt worthy. Yeah. Um, I knew that he forgave me, mm -hmm. but I still didn't feel worthy. I felt like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like you said, you're going to have to carry <laughs> me through this. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I knew that he was going to do that because he told me the yeah. same thing. He was going to do this. He was going to walk me through how to do it. Um, I always think of a big pool mm -hmm. filled with mud, yeah. not water, mud, yeah. and you're kind of inching your way out of it. And I know a lot of you guys feel like that when you're in your addiction. You're like, yeah. how do I get out of this? And it yeah. feels super slow. But every little thing that you do helps get you closer yeah. to recovery. Even if you're still out there and you pick up the Bible, there is a purpose and a reason that you're doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and everything builds up to that one moment where you have that experience. Um, for me, that surrender lifted up a ton of bricks off yes. my shoulders and I felt so free for the first time mm -hmm. that I wanted that feeling more and more and more. And that's, you know, what they say in the Bible about the mustard seed. It, it's the smallest seed and yeah. it grows into this beautiful thing. And that's what happened with me. You know, yeah. when you truly surrender and say, mm -hmm. God, I give this to you. I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. I cannot drink another drop of alcohol. Yes. When you surrender, it will be taken from you. And that is my experience. Yeah. Um, once I made that decision, mm -hmm. I have not craved alcohol in 12 years. Yeah. And for me, that is a big feat <laughs> because I remember how powerful yeah. that alcohol yeah. in that bottle was. Yeah. It overpowered everything in yeah. life. And so for him to remove that craving was huge for yeah. me and surrender was the key. And yeah. we talk about surrender and sometimes it just looks like getting out of God's way because he's trying to work in your life. And he was trying to work in my life yeah. through the Holy Spirit so many times. Yeah. And I just didn't get out of the way. It's probably my type A personality that I want to control <laughs> and manipulate things all the time. I'm yeah. still like that today. Yeah. I am still flawed and I still sin. But in that moment with that sin, I just simply did not know mm -hmm. how to do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And I allowed him 
to come inside and do this. Yes. And you can just say a simple prayer. I mean, yeah. talk to him, talk to Jesus Christ and yeah. say, I do not know how to do this on my own. Mm -hmm. Please help me. And it could be as simple as that. Yeah. Um, and say that every single day until you start making a little bit of change. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that's kind of how it worked for me. Well, the, the thing that I realized a couple of things is um, God works in and through people. So all along my path of recovery, there were people that the Lord was putting in my life. And I had to start to look for them. And I started to listen to them because he was giving me messages of inspiration, messages of courage, messages that sometimes I needed to hear, but I really didn't want to oh, hear, yeah. right? And, and that hurt. But so many times I think in my mind, I was like, okay, there's all these rules and all these things that I have to do to receive God's love because I grew up in a church religious environment when in actuality, it's, it's really what you said. Go to the Father, talk to the Father. Don't worry about all that other stuff. Admit that you need him, yep. confess your sins, and then receive his love, his guidance, his resurrection and restoration. And the other thing I learned from the gentleman who I met in rehab and we named the ministry after is, man, just don't give up. You have to, you have to keep the faith. I recall him going to seven rehabs in one year, seven rehabs, one year, his battle was 38 years and he won it the last year of his life. So, but he won, right? Before he went home to be with the Lord, he was sober for the longest period he had been in 30 plus years. Yeah. So he won, he just never gave up. And what I've realized is the process that we go through to recover, it may not be identical to what you and I went through, right? It may be different. Your, your your treatment may be different. You may just go to an AA group. I've I've seen treatment and recovery happen a lot of different ways Absolutely. through Christ. So it just because Sarah and I recovered a certain way and through certain treatment centers, that does not mean if you don't follow that exact path that the Lord can't recover you. Absolutely. Um, I know a lot of you guys have been or have experienced trauma in the church and yeah. and we don't want that for you you know there are churches out there who are going to meet you where you're at there are people out there that are going to meet you where where you're at whether it is in a 12-step community whether it is in a church whether mm -hmm. it is just reaching out to one of us yeah. um, there are people out there that are going to help you and i believe the same thing people come into your life for a reason a season or a lifetime mm -hmm. and there I, I i remember all those people who have come into my life and yeah. and you know what you you touched on it the biggest thing is to be able to listen that yeah. was one of my biggest character defects yeah. growing up is i didn't want to listen to anybody yeah. i wanted to do things my way mm -hmm. um and and that's it i mean that that yeah. was it and yeah. so through recovery through 12 step through listening to other people mm -hmm. i said okay they know what they're doing and i don't i better take some advice mm -hmm. um god good orderly advice i always think about that yeah. acronym god that's good, good orderly good advice and so i listened to those people and did what they were doing and then you start to do what they're doing and yeah. you start to become who they're who they are and mm -hmm. you know you see people that you want to be like all the time and if you 
do what they do and, and listen to them, you're going to have that experience eventually. And so that's what happened to me. I, I was not a good listener. I um, surrendered that character defect and said, mm -hmm. I need to learn how to listen. And yeah. when I surrendered that, I started to listen more yeah. and I started to understand more right. and I started to say there's something there and you're right I'm wrong mm -hmm. and that is that is the biggest thing of recovery is admitting that we're wrong mm -hmm. admitting that we've sinned um, and then making that transformation that power of transformation yeah. and the the one the the biggest lesson that I learned about God when I'm going through a test a trial, a problem, or a struggle. When he, he did this to me, even when I was in my addiction, is he said, "Go serve, go help yes. somebody." Listen, to take me. action. No matter what you're going through right now, get your eyes off yourself and go serve somebody. Go serve in the church. He had me take care of my friend for a year who was sick with stage four bladder cancer, and I remember saying to him, "Whoa, Lord." I can't do this. I got my marriage and listen to my, my rationale. I have to fix my marriage. I have to, this business I got to fix. It was all I, I, I doing stuff, right? Well, the Lord's like, no, what I need you to do is take care of your brother Lonnie. And I'm saying, okay, well, how am I going to stay sober? And it was amazing when I got my eyes and my heart off myself Absolutely. and start doing something for the Lord by serving others that all of a sudden I wasn't thinking and obsessing about drinking. I wasn't thinking about, you know, the things I used to do and those behaviors. And he was healing me as I was out doing his work, right? Yes. So I, I think now in a time that we live in, everything is, is so separated, so divisive. Um, so what I try to do now is choose unity and even if a guy says to me, I think I'm drinking too much, but I'm not ready to stop drinking, that doesn't mean I won't love on you. That doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It does not mean that you won't recover just because in your mind you're not ready right now. Yeah. I remember people coming to me saying, does it seem like this drinking thing is working out for you? You might want to stop. And I'm like, like a lot of people, well, you know, I'm going to cut back. I'm going to do all this. But some of those people never gave up on me, right? Yeah. And, and I think that if you have a family member or you yourself are experiencing uh, tendencies toward alcoholism or drug addiction, don't quit on yourself. You know, one of the things that I lost was, was hope. And when I lost hope, it was just like, I was just drinking whatever, yeah. right? Um, so, so we need to make sure we encourage one another when you're going through something, even in your addiction, they tell us, you know, once you get firm foundation under you go and sponsor and go and work with and help, uh, other alcoholics. I think that's so important. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't get sober the way we got sober. A lot of people don't go to treatment yeah. and you don't have to go to treatment and it's okay to go to treatment. Yeah. You know, um, some people get sober and AA, God bless them. I yeah. don't know how I learn differently and we all learn differently. Yeah. And so, you know, reach out to somebody, figure out what your way to get sober is. You know, if you, um, attend some 12 step meetings and you went from drinking a 12 pack a day to drinking one beer a day, that is progress. Yes. And 
there is where the Lord can start to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And so it's little baby steps that'll get you to where you need to be. It doesn't have to happen all at once. For me, um, I had to go to treatment. I had to get away from people, places, and things Mm -hmm. um, in order to hear the Lord because Mm -hmm. my life was very busy Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't want to hear anything. And and I was so drowned in that alcohol that I didn't, I couldn't hear anything. And so that, that is my experience and that's how I got sober and that's what I needed. And treatment was wonderful for Mm -hmm. me, but hear me, you don't have to get sober just in treatment. You can get sober in 12-step recovery. You can get sober in the church. I think what you said, you have got to have community. And that's one thing that I did not have that I didn't know I needed Yeah, because I'm so self-sufficient that that character defect is also a big thing with me. And so it was hard for me to go and ask for help. It's still hard for me to go and ask for help from Mm -hmm. people. But when I do that, I submit to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so that action that we take, there's something there. If I, if I go and help other people, um, not just for me, but for somebody else, there, there's always something beautiful that comes out of it. Always. When I attend a 12-step recovery meeting and I get out of myself and I go and listen to other people, I always hear what I need to hear. Yeah. You know? Isn't, that, isn't that amazing? You go and you hope to give, but you also receive. And in our minds, one of the things, the alcoholic and the addicted mind is, is just, honestly, it's just a mess when you first come in. <laughs> Because it runs 24-7 and you don't have the ability to calm it down without the alcohol. And as you were talking, I, I was I was thinking about what I see from people who have long-term recovery uh, from addiction. And they all spend time in the Word in quiet time or meditation time, mm-hmm. meditating, praying, and talking to the Lord and reading the Word of God. That is so important to renew our mind. The Bible talks about renewing our minds. And what the Lord has to do is tear down all of these like mental strongholds in our mind. And he does that as we read the word of God, but also as we meditate on his promises, his scriptures, and then just being able to calm ourselves and calm our minds down. And I I remember how important initially meditation because it's something i had never done it's right. or I'd never done i'd never really sat with the lord saying okay lord i'm not asking for anything i'm not asking for anything talk to me and i pick a scripture and i just say that over and over and that would be my meditation and then i found christian meditation apps and programs that i would listen to sometimes i'd start with five and work my way up to 20 30 minutes and I still make that a part of my recovery. And I would say that anyone who is thinking about either entering recovery or trying to recover, prayer, meditation, and quiet time with the Lord is is a paramount value to keeping you sober. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to share a little bit about what our topic was. Yep. And um, through our sin, we have this podcast and we're able to minister out to you guys and just talk about Jesus Christ and addiction. And mm-hmm. those are two things that are super important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love being able to speak very freely about that. But, you know, when I got sober, I did not know what I was going to do for the rest of my life. You yeah. know, I had graduated. 
I was in sales and marketing. Um, everything I've done involved alcohol. Um, and he turned that completely around and I went back to school and I became a licensed chemical dependency counselor. Mm -hmm. And I got a job right away yeah. doing marketing PR and sales for yeah. a drug and alcohol treatment center. So my whole sin yeah. is now for good. All I do for a living is get people into treatment and yeah. help them and share my experience, strength and hope. Yeah. I share my story. Um, I get to meet people all walks of life um, and just get to, to share with them mm -hmm. what happened to me. And I knew that he was gonna turn um, my sin into something good. I just didn't know what it was. And yeah. I get to wake up every morning. I get to get paid in a job that I love. And mm -hmm. all I'm doing is being exactly who he intended me to be. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, and not a lot of people get that opportunity. No. And so I, I think I wanted it and yeah. I always prayed about it, but I didn't know what it was going to look like until, you know, and, and now I'm able to be with my children and nothing is about being busy or about yeah. work or about, I don't have these stressors in my life. I am just very content being who he made me to be. Yeah. And I happen to get paid for it. And I happen to be able to help people. And I happen to be able to live a very balanced life and be happy. Yeah. And it's crazy. It, it, it you know, he says, it, Oftentimes we read these promises and we read these verses in the Bible, but when you go through these experiences and you have the encounter and you have that massive tribulation in your life and you look at God and you say, God, I don't know how you're ever going to use this. And I said that as well. And what he did was even from the worst moments that my wife and I went through trying to figure out what do I do with my drunk husband yeah. to being in rehab and, and starting to see it from a different lens and saying, Lord, someone needs to be the voice of addiction and help remove the stigma. Someone needs to be a conduit to helping people out there be able to get to the resources that were so hard for me to get to when I was ready to, to seek treatment. And through his divine nature and goodness, he said, well, you are, you and Sarah and your wife, <laughs> you're going to start this ministry. And, and that's how we got here. And we know that the Lord does, as Romans 8, 28 says, work all things together for good, for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So we've got to wrap up. It's been a great show. Uh, Sarah, any closing comments that you want to share or give encouragement to those who are who are out there that may be suffering from addiction? Your sin can be your salvation. Yeah. Honestly, this is what happened to us. That's why we're here talking to you today. Yeah. Uh, it will be turned for good and it's a beautiful thing. And I am very grateful. Um, it's kind of funny. The Lord has a sense of humor because we, yeah. we don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> we're, we weren't television people. We are not podcast people we are just sharing with you what happened to us and how we got sober um, through christ jesus and here we are yeah and i would say amen and we want you to know we love you that the faith the love and the hope is in our savior christ jesus and please tune in again and like us comment follow us at from beer to the bible.com and if you want to support us, please do so at hamptonministries.org. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's From Beer to the Bible. 
Make sure to tune in next week when Irvin and Sarah gift you with even more addiction recovery information. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And remember, we're always there for you.